Our Lord says, come, come to me. But he doesn't just say that to you and me. He didn't start saying this in 2017. He called his children from the very beginning of time, Adam and Eve, come to me. I created you. You're above the angels. You're very special. My love for you is so great that I've given to you wisdom. I've given you the ability to think and reason. I have given you the ability to make right decisions, certainly. But I've also given you the freedom, the freedom to make the wrong decisions. I did not create you as a puppet that I was just going to have you jump around and just do everything right just because you're my child. I could have because I created the heavens and the earth. I could have, but I didn't. For in creating the heavens and the earth, I also created you with the ability to think and reason. But all along, He asked us to come to Him. That is what He is wanting. Any parent wants their child to live a good life. We want to nurture them and protect them. But there are those times that, like at school, or they're out with their buddies, and they make mistakes, and we hurt when they hurt. You know, it'd be nice if we could put that bubble around them and keep them from some of the things they're influenced with, like the temptation of drugs. Sometimes it's a tough, mean world that our kids grow up in with things that are facing us that, I mean, facing them that we never experienced. As I look back, I think, God, what a, what a pretty... Uh, awesome time that was. What a great time. I didn't have all the many distractions in my life that the young people are faced with today, starting with uh, TV, computers, the things that go on in a classroom. I'm still naive enough that these stories just shock me. It's a different world for them. Well, in that you would love to be able to protect your child. God feels the same way about you. But you let your children go off to school. Still remember the very first day Jay and Ashley went off to school. They left home. And there were tears. Because our life would never be the same again. We have a loving Father that has also turned you and me loose. And sometimes we make those mistakes all too frequently. And I think we would be really mistaken if we thought that it did not break our Lord and Savior's heart. For He wants us to have the life that He originally intended for Adam and Eve. But the decisions you and I make so many times are what gets us in the trouble that creates the heartache. 
And sometimes there are those accidents, those situations that take place in life, and it is just so difficult to come back. I have talked with a few. It's not like I talk to people that have this situation every day, but I've talked with a few that have trouble coming into the house of the Lord because of their past. They feel so guilty. They feel like a hypocrite when they come in. And what I try to assure them is the fact that we're all soiled. We've all made mistakes. And there's not a yardstick that says this one is worse than this one. God just said all sins are the same. They're sins. And so no matter what this person did, it's not any worse than mine. But we come together to praise God and say thank you for that forgiveness. Thank you that I know you have forgiven me. For there is not only a future here on earth, but there is everlasting future for us in the heavens. This is just a short stay that we have here. This is just a short stay. You've heard me say it time and time again with each and every baptism. This is the most important decision you will ever make. Accepting Jesus Christ is the most important. It's more important than where you live. It's more important than the career you choose. And yes, it's more important than your marriage. For too many times with marriages, there are divorces. But with Jesus Christ, there's never a divorce. Never. Never. Friends may disappoint you. Friends may turn on you. Friends may be hard to find during the roughest times of life. But not Jesus Christ. Not Jesus Christ. You can be in the dorm room, young people. You could be at home. You may live by yourself as I do. But I'm really never alone. Never. For he's always there. He's always there. The more that I read his word, the more comfortable I am being by myself. For he has promised me that he will always be there. I have to have faith, faith in His Word, that this is true. If we're going into operation, you have faith in the surgeon, the nurses, but you've got a, you have a greater faith in the big bosses, I call him. That's where your faith is. Recently, the last year, I learned, and this was in regards to our grief class, that uh, there's more than one form of healing. There is the healing like I am experiencing now, and that you have. As I was visiting this morning with Dean, he was telling me about some of his operations. And how surprised they were they found his heart. But uh, 
but you go through that healing. So that's one of the healings, that we pray for those that we love, we ask for physical healing. But sometimes the healing is the greatest healing of all. It's that this person that we love will go to be with Jesus Christ. No more sorrow, no more pain. Bill and Charlene, I'm looking straight at you because y'all shared those feelings with me that you knew that Carla was no longer in any kind of pain. Our Lord takes care of us, always. You're not so blemished. You're not so, so tarnished by your mistakes that he will not forgive you. I talked to a young man just two weeks ago. And he was telling me that in Iraq he'd killed eight men. And that is something he struggles with. Those lives of others that he took. And he lived with that the rest of his life and yet he knows that's what he was called to do. But that doesn't mean it's any easier to live with. I've, mis- I've had... Uh, Mistakes in my life. And I know I've been forgiven, but I still have trouble with it. I still have trouble with some of those mistakes. But I know that He has forgiven me. I know He's forgiven me. We talked about forgiveness last week. And I know He has forgiven me. But sometimes in my mind I go back to those darker times. But always I come back to Him, for I know that He is there with me. And I know He has forgiven me, because I know the Word of God. And the more I read it, the more I fall in love with this Savior and our Creator. In John, the sixth chapter, Jesus says in the sixth chapter, the 35th verse, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. All those the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. You're always a child. You're always His child. He will never drive you away. He will never put any kind of restrictions on you that you cannot come to Him. There's never a wall between you and Him unless you and I put the wall there. For He is saying, come to me. Just like the lost lamb, if there's one lost, the shepherd goes after the one and will always celebrate when that one is found. And I've been that one. You've been that one. And there was celebration when we came back to Jesus Christ. Just like every individual in the Old Testament, whether it's Moses, David, they all had their faults. They all made mistakes. And throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God is saying, come to me. Come to me. For some of the things you're carrying are just too too great a burden to just handle on your own. 
And you may say, well, Wayne, there's a lot of atheists in this world. How do they do it? And I have no idea. I just know that with Jesus Christ, there is a special peace in my life after I come to Him. I know there's a special comfort. I know it's easier to accept Wayne Hollinshed. So I don't know how the others do it. But he says, Wayne, come to me. No matter how many mistakes I make, he says, come to me. And he knows every mistake I've ever made or ever thought about making. And yet that love is unconditional. And I find that so hard to understand. I find that so hard to understand at times in my life when I don't even like myself. And yet he loves me. He loves me. Again, John, the book of John, the 14th chapter, 27th verse. And yes, I do repeat this time after time. It is one of my favorite scriptures. Peace I leave leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. You know, uh, we're all familiar with Jesus walking on water during a storm. We all know that Peter got out of the boat with faith. And he walked on water. And yet, when he took his eyes off of Jesus Christ, he started sinking. You and I have storms in our life. Yesterday, driving back into town, I came through a just unbelievable rainstorm down by Benjamin. Three different times I pulled over because it was safer just to get off the road and wait. Our lives are like that. We get into those storms of life and we need to pull over. Take a breath. Go to the Word of God and have that time of meditation. I don't know why it is that sometimes those that are type A's or those that are really driven feel guilty in giving the Lord 15 to 30 minutes. But I've been there. I've said I don't have time. Haven't you? Honestly, haven't you said, I don't have time. I don't have time to do a daily devotional this morning. I don't have time before I go to bed. I'll say, God is good, God is great, amen, and let's go. We don't have time for Him. But in the midst of the storms, who do we go to? Who do we go to? Each and every one of us. We find time then. We need to find time each and every day to show your love for Him, and it also shows your faith in Him. Your faith in the Creator of all that is good and beautiful and perfect. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, the fourth verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In each and every situation, He is saying, come to me. You will know comfort and you will know peace in a way the world can never offer you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. This morning that we take pause in busy schedules. There's work to be done, but there's always work to be done. And this morning, we pause to say thank you. Back in the Old Testament with Moses, they were told, Sabbath day is the seventh day. Keep it holy. This is a holy day for all your children in that we are coming to you on bended knees saying, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Jesus Christ lives. Hallelujah. Thank you for accepting us, Lord, as we are. And help us that in the future, our decisions are wiser. For it's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.